What's up, everybody? It's Tuesday, July 7th, 2020. Initiate rabbit hole. As a budding numerologist, I can't help but point out how perfect of a date that that is. 7, 7, 20, 20, double 7, double 20. One's a cocktail, the classic 7, 7, comprising just Seagram 7 and 7 Up. The drink of choice for the 90s West Coast hip-hop community and for my mother, who might sip on a total of 7 drinks per year. If they haven't already... I would hope that those bloated booze bags down at the corporate headquarters of Seagram's have exercised their God-given American right to reserve and license this spot on the national calendar for a corporate-sponsored marketing event. If July 7th isn't the wholly-owned property of the Seagram's company, then we really have lost our way as a nation. And then there's 2020. Perfect vision, sure, but also a second-rate, overly-produced knockoff to the leader in murderous entertainment pocket of network TV forever known as Dateline. True crime fans, you know what I'm talking about. Dateline has Keith Morrison getting borderline sexually aroused at the very thought of what might lay in the trunk of the abandoned Volkswagen Jetta. Oh, what'd you find in there? A body. Oh, no. I know, I know. My impersonation of Keith Morrison is a ripoff of Bill Hader's impression of Keith Morrison, but a guy's got to start somewhere. And for me, I tend to mimic impressions better than I do the source material itself. I've never really evaluated this truism until right now, but it's true. I impersonate the impersonator. And just like that, all of you listeners could finally put your finger on what it is exactly that makes all of my voices just a little bit off. Back to 2020. ABC's boring and lengthy competitor to Dateline. Instead of Keith Morrison, yes... And Josh Mankiewicz, what were you thinking? Oh, and don't forget about the cherubic Dennis Murphy. Sorry, my impression of Dennis Murphy is nonverbal, so it didn't translate very well for the podcast, but trust me, I nailed it. Instead of those three superstars, they've got Martin Barshir and Geraldo Rivera. Plus, ABC went and whitewashed the anchor desk by opting for the steely-eyed and answer to the question, if you had to, what dude would you like to settle down with, David Muir, over the wonderfully stale and debonair Lester Holt, who, to quote Wayne Brady, makes Bryant Gumbel look like Malcolm X. But at least he's representing the black community, representing the POC posse. Wow, we're way down in the rabbit hole. Exit rabbit hole. It's Tuesday, July 7th, 2020, known on this program as Double Seven, Double Twenty. This is a talk in the attic. I'm your host, Kirk Ross, coming to you from Grand Rapids, Michigan, coming fresh off a most interesting holiday weekend. The holiday, of course, being Independence Day, which is celebrated every 4th of July, which in and of itself is kind of strange. Because we declared our independence on the 2nd of July, prompting John Adams to predict that it would become the most famous date in American lore. Psh! Adams. Always just a little bit off. But when I learned this, I thought to myself, well, maybe we declared our independence on the 2nd of July, but we must have ratified or signed the formal document two days later, thereby creating America's birthday, the 4th of July. But that's not true either. In fact, we didn't officially ratify and sign the Declaration of Independence until August 2nd. So what then is the significance of July 4th, I thought? Turns out that that is the day that Congress approved the final language of the text. What a ridiculously bureaucratic factoid to learn about our history, isn't it, folks? That even the very first Congress, comprising the Founding Fathers, decided to go on a month-long vacation before getting around to signing our Declaration of Independence? 
I, General George Washington, de facto president of the newly formed United States of America, hereby declare as my first act of Congress a recess until next month. Martha and I own a small stake in a vineyard up north, and it's lovely this time of year. Adjourned! But, 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 General! <clears throat> Sorry, but, but, President! <clears throat> Sorry, but, uh, Mr. President? Perfect! Really? Mr. President? That's what we're going with? As you were. But, Mr. President, don't you think that we should probably just sign the document? After all, everyone's already gathered here, and we do have a fresh shipment of ink and fountain pens. Perhaps we should just, I don't know, tie a bow, if you will, around this whole independence from the oppressive Redcoat saga, perhaps. Gentlemen, while I appreciate your zeal and excitement, our congressional responsibilities can wait. For if we don't take this first July off, then we will be forever doomed to work through future summers. And we can't have that. Who, pray tell, would watch over our ni- I mean, sla- uh, I mean, workers back home. Sir, I could watch over them. Oh, Thomas Jefferson, you old scallywag. We know better than to let you around our staff. We're not ready to expand our workforce yet, so just hold your horses. Horses will do, too. <laughs> Thomas Jefferson, he sounds kind of German sometimes. I mean, come on, a founding father sketch in the time of Black Lives Matter? Somebody doesn't have sponsors. But in the interest of American tradition, by waiting a little bit, please accept this belated Happy Independence Day. And after this particular 4th of July, I think it's important that we stay on this topic for the duration of today's show. But not before we start the show. So, say it with me now. Let's start the show. Okay, let's dive right into this extra special 4th of July episode of A Talk in the Attic. Jessica and I had the rare opportunity to observe a parallel universe this past holiday weekend when we were invited to take part in a camping trip up at Silver Lake Sand Dunes in rural Hart, Michigan. In this parallel universe, most things are the same. Trump is president there too, but at Silver Lake Sand Dunes, Trump is good at his job. So good, in fact, that nearly half of the hundreds of Jeeps and trucks there were flying various flags offering their support for Mr. Trump. The most common flag being flown read, Trump 2020, no more bullshit. See, so in this Silver Lake universe, re-electing Trump would result in the reduction of bullshit. Before I move on from this bit, I should mention another flag that we saw a few times. It featured a black backdrop with Trump written in bold, diamond-plated steel across the top. And this is where it gets interesting. In the center of the flag, a giant, muscly, oiled-up Donald Trump wielding a large caliber machine gun and a red headband. A giant explosion peers out from behind him on all sides, and Trump's glistening biceps flex across his signature wry smile. See, in this parallel universe, the president is jacked. So I guess it's safe to assume that in this parallel universe, KFC does not exist. But in the Silver Lake Sands Dune reality, grown adults haul their $50,000 dune buggies with their $90,000 pickups to the beautiful Lake Michigan coastline, where after waiting in line for a couple hours, they get to 
drive around in the sand. And as far as I can tell, the main objective of sand dune driving is to just simply not get terribly injured. It's essentially a free-for-all with people flying around and zigzagging and gunning their accelerators as far as I can see. Tall flags are mandated so that surrounding drivers can see you coming over the steep hills and into the pits and around the driftwood. We spent most of our time in, in actual Lake Michigan where we could at least ensure social distance and where the ambient noise of the water masked the sonically intrusive heavy machinery traversing its way across the naturally beautiful dunes behind us. And if you're a fan of juxtaposition and irony, as I am, then this truly was the juxtaposition for the ages. By standing just 10 feet into the water, where the crystal clear and frigid lake water was still below my highly temperature-sensitive bathing suit areas, and by facing out towards the lake's horizon, which for those of you who haven't been to the west coast of Michigan, it's best compared to an oceanic coastline. The entire horizon is flat and blue and beautiful. And because of the shifting tides, small waves made their way up to shore, creating a relentless, loud but serene white noise, nearly drowning out the jeeps and razors and long-body buggies. By staring into the horizon and shutting down the mind, I experienced the same sensory inputs as a native Mohawk tribesman might have experienced hundreds of years earlier. And there's something so spiritually moving about seeing untouched landscapes, which have offered similar views and sounds for tens of thousands of years. You can get lost in feeling as if you've seen that view before. And no, not on last 4th of July, but maybe through past lens, either because we've had multiple lives or or more closely to what I believe because it's part of the collective conscious, which is handed down to us either through genetic imprint or, or by simulation upload like the young adult novel The Giver. These are the serene and interesting thoughts I would get lost in when looking out at the endless body of water, forgetting altogether what was going on on the other side. But every minute or so, I'd catch an engine rev that would prompt an involuntary 90-degree rotation of my head, literally a quarter turn in perspective. And suddenly my viewpoint became crowded with dust clouds and flags and coolers and Rambo Trump and millions of dollars of toys. The sound of excess filled my brain and just like that, my feeling of oneness with nature was overcome by a complete detachment from it. I would begin stewing over the current state of things. Began fruitlessly searching for masks in the sea of people, couldn't find any. Began formulating the bit that, hey, at Silver Lake Sands Dune, I guess black lives don't matter. Because black lives don't seem to exist here, apparently. And from this perspective, my thoughts became judgmental and negative, at least relative to the alternative scenery. But eventually, I would always realize that this landward view was toxic for me, especially in comparison to the, to the west-facing holograph. So with a little bit of reflection, I would convince myself to turn back to the horizon and to calmly erase my focus on the carbon footprint of the rich white person sandbox scene unfolding on the other side. And, and this was the pendulum of emotions that I experienced for most of our trip to the sand dunes. Imagine having one of those red binocular-shaped viewfinder toys up to your eyes. And the imagery of the slides oscillate on an every other basis between the infinite horizon and a bunch of truck exhaust. Between a blue sky with a lone wispy cloud floating across and a parking lot full of American machinery. Between true serenity and inexplicable guilt over what we represent. But that's not exactly fair, is it? Because the scene behind me could have been described as liberty in its truest form, a symbol of American manufacturing prowess in the form of Jeeps and pickups. Perhaps it was the first time these hardworking people have had a chance to get out and explore their driving hobby this year. 
And we were there as the guests of a Jeep enthusiast. And when we went for a dune ride with them, we had fun. Our driver, Brian, was safe and skilled. He explained the history of the land, the rules of driving engagement, and, and what the typical non-holiday dune weekend would have looked like. And I thought to myself, wow. And Brian, we got one of the few good ones in this whole mess of right-wing racists. But save for the Rambo Trump flag flyers, most of the people there were good people, I'm sure. Even those with differing opinions and seemingly backwards perspectives on issues of the day. Look, I don't believe there's a rational justification for the subset of population who thinks rolling coal, as they call it, is cool. Do you guys know about this, rolling coal? It's when truck guys reprogram their emission sensors to trick the system into dumping mass amounts of raw fuel. The end result, huge plumes of thick black exhaust coming from their mufflers, environmentally irresponsible, expensive, smelly, and a terrible eyesore. That's rolling coal. No place for it. And there's no place for some of the other bullshit we heard and saw from a few people. But that wasn't representative of the crowd there, really. Or maybe it was. Who knows, really. But there is some truth in what I'm saying, too. And the other lesson hiding in plain sight in this tale is that we can control our own perspective. Sometimes even in a literal sense of viewpoint. In this case, when I felt like my mindset was in a worse place because of what I was seeing, well, really because of how I was thinking about what I was seeing, I would simply turn my gaze back to the horizon. I would move a little bit deeper into the water, focus on the sound of the breeze and the shifting tides, and move back into a more positive mental landscape. Sometimes such a drastic change of literal scenery isn't available to us. If your manager at work is giving you some repetitive, misguided advice for the 12th time, it wouldn't be wise for you to spin 180 degrees in your chair and stare at the tropical screensaver of the vivid, turquoise Gulf of Mexico either. But in a lot of cases, we can control our perspective. We can stop looking at Instagram, stop reading Facebook arguments, stop watching Twitter videos of a white naval officer singing a barely passable karaoke version of Bruno Mars to an empty Mount Rushmore 4th of July party. And these are literal examples. In a less tangible course of action, stop thinking of your past mistakes as such terrible errors. Stop beating yourself up over what it is that keeps you up at night, and stop letting negative narratives control your thought patterns. When we find ourselves thinking that way for too long, then it's incumbent on us to change the thoughts. Incumbent on us to turn off the phone, and it's on us to turn around and look back at the horizon, which is serene and blank, and ours to do with it whatever we wish. We can keep looking back at the selfish chaos of our fellow dune riders, or we can look to the horizon and create the future we want for ourselves. And while we can't fully forget about what's going on behind us, we can't dwell on it either. So let's keep our eyes ahead, to where the water meets the sky, and let's fill in our vision for what we want to be when we grow up, both as individuals and as a nation of Americans. Happy Fourth of July, everybody. Everybody. Enjoy the scenery. And when you can't change the scenery, then rotate your view a little bit. It can make all the difference. Peace out, y'all. My God, do you even know my name? Are you changing up your mind over changes I never made for you? We had a more than we'll ever be. With hearing on my mind, and hell will I believe? If the stage lights come down, breaking over me. Heaven, heaven is a trick. Heaven, heaven is a trick, my Like a m-